Black people are so tired. We can't go jogging, Ahmad Arbery. We can't relax in the comfort of our own homes, Botham Jean and Atatiana Jefferson. We can't ask for help after being in a car crash, Jonathan Farrell and Renisha McBride. We can't have a cell phone, Stephen Clark. We can't leave a party to get to safety, Jordan Edwards. We can't play loud music, Jordan Davis. We can't sell CDs, Alton Sterling. We can't sleep, Ayanna Jones. We can't walk from the corner store, Mike Brown. We can't play cops and robbers, Tamir Rice. We can't go to church, Star Charleston Nine. We can't walk home with Skittles, Trayvon Martin. We can't hold a hairbrush while leaving our own bachelor party, Sean Bell. We can't party on New Year's, Oscar Grant. We can't get a normal traffic ticket, Sandra Bland. We can't lawfully carry a weapon, Philandro Castile. We can't break down on a public road with car problems, Corey Jones. We can't shop at Walmart, John Crawford. We can't have a disabled vehicle, Terrence Crutcher. We can't read a book in our own car, Pete Scott. We can't be a 10-year-old walking with our grandfather, Clifford Glover. We can't decorate a party, Claude Reese. We can't ask a cop a question, Randy Evans. We can't cash our check in peace, Yvonne Smallwood. We can't take out our wallet, Amadou Diallo. We can't run, Walter Scott. We can't breathe, Eric Garner. We can't live, Freddie Gray. We're tired, tired of making hashtags, tired of trying to convince you that our black lives matter too, tired of dying, tired, 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 so very tired, anonymous. Sit with that for a minute. All of those black men and women were murdered unjustly, killed. And the majority of them being killed by white police officers or white civilians. White people unjustly killing black men and women. White people using excessive force and going to murder instead of dissolving the situation. A couple days ago in Minneapolis, there was a man who was murdered by a police officer and he was kneeling on his neck pleading, saying, I can't breathe, I can't breathe, please, I, I can't breathe. And thousands witnessed that death. I couldn't get myself to watch the video. The article was enough. There have been protests. This kind of stuff happens all of the time. And black people are becoming numb to it. And they're scared. They're scared to leave their homes. They're scared to go to the grocery store. They're scared that anytime they leave, they're not gonna come back. 
that their families are going to have to get a call that they were murdered for walking home from the grocery store with a bag of Skittles or for going for a daily run and unjustly murdered. The soul of America needs major healing. And I don't have the answers. I, I do not have the answers. But what I do know is that racism is in the air we breathe. It's in the TV shows we watch. It's in the media. Glennon Doyle poses a very, very legitimate point in her book, Untamed. And I'm going to go grab it right now and I'm going to read you this expert excerpt. Okay, bear with me a second. So if you have not read Untamed, it's about, it's written for women and how we can get out of these cages that we have been put in and how we can be both bold and confident and fierce and determined and still be a woman. Um, and all of the times that she has been dimmed or she has been, you know, told that she's less than or um, experienced misogyny in any way. And in one of her chapters, she talks about racism and she tells this story about how her dad was at a church in this small town and they were talking about racism and murders and her dad had said, um, where is it? So I'm going to, there was, um, she had talked about how like years after the Charleston massacre, her parents lived in rural Virginia um, and the town was going on about how they can respond to racial issues and a local church had invited the community to come together and address it. And Basically, they were going to put together care packages um, and send them to predominantly black schools across the town. And her dad stood up and said, I'm not here to make packages. I'm here to talk. I was raised in a racist southern town. I was taught a lot of things about black people that I've been carrying in my mind and my heart for decades. I'm starting to understand that not only are these lies, but they're deadly lies. I don't want to pass this poison down to my grandkids' generation. I want this stuff out of me and I don't know how to get it out. I think I'm saying that I've got racism in me and I want to unlearn it. There is racism in every single one of us. I'm gonna repeat that. There is racism in every single one of us. And I truly believe that this is not going to stop until white people step up and we realize that there is this poison that runs deep in our veins that we have had 400 years to build ourselves up as a race. And that is 400 years 
that we have put down black men and women, that we have tortured them, that we have segregated them, that we have discriminated against them, that we have allowed them to work on our plantations. Was it me? Fuck no. But this has been passed down from generation to generation to generation. And she poses an amazing, amazing question. She said that we, when we talk about misogyny, so many women admit that they say that they have misogyny in me, but they want it out, right? They know that they have been taught misogyny and that it is everywhere and they recognize it and they want it out. But when it comes to racism, everybody is so quick to say, I'm not racist, it's not in me, I'm not prejudiced, I was raised better than that. But here's what she says. We are not going to get the racism out of us until we start thinking about racism like we think about misogyny. Until we consider racism as not just a personal moral failing, but as the air we've been breathing. How many images of black bodies being thrown to the ground have I ingested? How many photographs of jails filled with black bodies have I seen? How many racist jokes have I swallowed? We have been deluged to in, by stories and images meant to convince us that black men are dangerous, black women are dispensable, and black bodies are worth less, worth less than white bodies. These messages are in the air and we've just been breathing. We must decide that admitting to be being poisoned by racism is not a moral failing, but denying we have poison in us certainly is. These messages are in the air and we have just been breathing. These murders might piss you off. These murders might make you so sad. It might bring you to tears. It may want you to speak up. It sure as hell does for me. I look at my little boy and I think, damn, you could be going to the grocery store and never come back. And knowing that these men are unjustly murdered, shot eight times in the back, kills me. But I also know that I have that racism in me. I am guilty of having crossed the street at the sight of an oncoming black man. I have called my friends and family walking down the street when a black man was walking behind me. No reason. I had no reason to believe that I was in danger, but it's in me. And we have to, we have to understand that. We have to understand that It is in the air we breathe. It's in the images we see, just like misogyny, right? And until we step up and until we are willing to look at the deep darkness that is in us, until that happens, this poison is going to continue to run in our veins. We have to take it upon ourselves to challenge our family to challenge our friends, to challenge 
our white counterparts. To challenge people who say they don't see color and they're colorblind. To challenge that within ourselves. We all have it in us and we have to purge this out. Does that mean you agree with it? Does that mean that you actively act on this racism? No. Do you consciously know that this is wrong? Do you consciously believe that Black Lives Matter? I believe that you do. I mean, some don't. Some people are just pieces of shit. But for the most part, but subconsciously, is it there? Subconsciously, what have I been told and what am I still carrying? Our subconscious mind is so powerful and we might not even realize what is going on. We might not realize that you tense up when a black man comes up to the counter to buy a pack of cigarettes. But admit that it's happening. Admit that I just tense the fuck up. Admit that it is there. The only way you are going to grow, the only way you are going to get this out of you is to realize that it's there. And black men and women cannot be the only ones saying that black lives matter. It is the white men and women who are killing these innocent black men and women. There is something wrong with that. And there is something so deep in us that we have to purge, we need to heal. We need to get this poison out of our veins. We need to teach our children inclusion. We need to educate ourselves and we need to educate our children. We need to speak up. We need to be okay with pissing people off when we challenge them, when we call them out. Call yourself out. Call yourself out. I'm going to share another part of, I just love this book and this chapter so much, but Glennon talks about how in America there are, um, there are not two kinds of people. There are three kinds of people. There's the people who are poisoned by racism and actively choosing to spread it those poisoned by racism and actively trying to detox, and those poisoned by racism who deny its very existence inside them. And she says, and I also fit into this category, that I am the second type of person. I am a white woman who has come to the conclusion that the reason people call me a racist when I show up to speak about racism is that I am showing up as I am and I have racism in me. But what I say and don't say by the way I say it People can see my inner racism on the outside. What they are seeing and pointing out is the truth. Every white person who shows up and tells the truth because it's her duty as a member of our human family is going to have her racism called out. She will have to accept that others will disagree with how she's showing up and that she will have every right and that they have every right to disagree. She will need to learn to withstand people's angers knowing that much of it is real and true and necessary. She will need to accept that one of the privileges she's letting burn is her emotional comfort. She will need to remind herself that being called a racist is actually not the worst thing. The worst thing is privately hiding her racism to stay safe, liked, and comfortable while others suffer and die. There are worse things to be than being criticized, like being a coward. Mm. 
I know that people are going to come at me for admitting that I have racism in me, but are you willing to admit that? Or are you just going to hide behind it to keep yourself safe, to keep yourself comfortable, to deny that it is in your veins? It is everywhere. And we have simply been breathing. We have simply been breathing. Now step up, do the inner work and heal, heal yourself, trigger the fuck out of people around you, challenge them, speak up, do not stay silent. People are dying. People are dying. Friends are dying. Sons are dying. Fathers are dying. Mothers are dying. Children are dying. Because of racism by white people. People are dying. And you need to ask yourself, am I part of the problem? And what can I do to make sure that I'm spreading love and that I'm ridding this poison that is in my veins? All right, that's all. That's all.